You may be down and feel like God has somehow forgotten that you are faced with circumstances you can't get through. And now it seems that there's no way out and you're going under. But God's proven time and time again, he'll take care of you. And he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and where you've been. Why well, haven't he always come through for you? He's the same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. God knows the things you're going through, and he knows how you're hurting. You see, he knows just how your heart has been broken in two. But he's the God of the sun, of the sea, and the stars, and he is your father. He can calm the storm and he'll find a way to fix it for you. And he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Just take one look at where you are now and where you've been. Well, haven't he always come through for you? He's the same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Oh, he's God. And he will not fail you. Well, I know he's God. And he well, I tell you, he's God, and he's fighting for you. Well, just like Moses, just like Daniel, just like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, he'll do it again. Yes, he'll do it well, just take one look at where you are now and where you've been. Well, haven't he always come through for you? He's the 
same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. You may not know how, you may not know when, you may I know he'll do it again. Welcome, please, to the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Worship Service, 1720 North J Street. We're happy that you have tuned in. Many of you listen regularly, and we're glad you're with us again. But if this is your first time, then welcome to what we hope will be a regular experience. This is Usher's Day at Abundant Life, and our speaker is our own associate pastor, Wayne O'Bannon. Pastor O'Bannon was raised in an Adventist home. His parents are both retired Bible workers in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He is a graduate of Oakwood College, now Oakwood University, with a degree in business administration and a minor in psychology. He is married to the former Sharon Hudson, Sharon, wave your hands, folk will know you again, of Cleveland, Ohio. Her parent, the late R.T. Hudson, was a mighty preacher of the word. I knew him and he's one of my heroes in, in pulpiteering. And of course, he ascended to the presidency of the Northeastern Conference in New York City and states surrounding the state of New York. And they, the O'Bannons, have two adult children, Shanae, the daughter, a graduate of Oakwood College, now Oakwood University, who was attending Loma Linda University, where she is studying medicine. Devon, their son, is received his associate degree in Arizona and is preparing to go to Oakwood University. There it is again, Oakwood. Uh, he presently serves as a musician in the Beacon Light SDA Church in Phoenix, from where the O'Bannons came to minister to us, and we're so happy they're with us. Right, church? Amen. They've been a great blessing to our family. Pastor O'Bannon began his lay ministry in 1980 at the Beacon Light SDA Church in Phoenix. He served in a number of positions, head elder and Sabbath school superintendent and a lot of other things. But he is a man of many talents and a very willing servant. I can call him any time of night and day and say, Pastor O'Bannon, there's such, such a problem. Would you help? And his answer is, all right, sir, I'm on the way. And I, I've just enjoyed and appreciated his services and his companionship in ministry here. Uh, he, he, he was prepared not only by local service, but through the Share Him program, which is a mission program that sends people around the world. He's traveled to the Philippines and South Africa and Rwanda preaching the gospel, preparing for what he is now doing. What you may not know is that he's also applied to Andrews for their ministerial program 
Oakwood University for their ministerial program and graduate studies. And he's going to be there, probably leaving in the next week or so for 10 days or more in an intensive program as she gets more and more ready for service. And we're looking forward to enjoying whatever new wisdom they give him as he comes back to serve with us in a week or two. Pastor Bannon knows time is short, and he states that he has chosen to make heaven his home, and he wants to be ready, and he wants to help others get ready as well. I know that God has given him a message for us. We look forward to hearing that word, and we shall, after Gail Ellis has brought us a word in music. As the man of God speaks to us from his heart, let us listen and let us be blessed. The word tells us that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And as we give of our best to his service, we ask that you give it with all your heart. quiet place with you I bow before your throne I bear the deepest part of me to you and you alone I keep no secrets for there is no thought you have not known I bring my best and all the rest to you them down with all my heart I want to love you Lord and live my life each day to know you more all that is in me is yours completely I'll serve you only with all my heart you faithfully supply my needs according to your plan so help me Lord to seek your face before I seek your hand and trust you know what's best for me when I don't understand but follow circumstance with all my heart I want to love you Lord and live my life each day to know you more all that is in me is yours 
Amen, amen, and amen. Thank the musicians, the soloists, for the lovely music to set this service off to a great start. I want to say hello to some family. Uh, Doc acknowledged uh, the Hicks family. That's my family through my wife. And I, and I understand Dr. Tony Lewis's float. There he is. I see him there. Another Oakwood, Oakwoodite. And Dr. Blanchard, as you heard, uh, is here. And he and I grew up together in California. So I'm, I'm a little nervous now because I have people that really know me. But I want to say happy Sabbath again to everyone. And, and I have to admit, after that children's story, I wonder if I really needed to preach because she sure pulled a whole lot of stuff that I was going to talk about. But I'll just reiterate that in the message. Is that all right? Say with me today, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. If you truly will be glad in it, I want to see your smiling faces. Thank you so very much. I'd like to thank the Usher Board for giving me the opportunity to speak for their very special day, Usher's Day. Thank you very much. And I'd like to say thank you to my senior pastor for allowing me to share his pulpit today. I know some pastors are very jealous about their pulpit. But thank you, Doc, for allowing me to... Carry on, all right. And I want to want to get once again welcome all of you who are here today and those of you tuning in via the radio. God is good. And all the time. He's already blessed us this morning, and I just pray that he will bless you through his humble servant today. Let us pray. Father God, we are here, Lord in the place that you have placed us. We are not here by accident or happenstance, but Lord, you have preordained our souls through your spirit to hear and tune in our ears to your Holy Spirit and be in your house on this day. Bless us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. On this special day, Usher's Day, I've entitled my message, Ushered In. Ushered In. And in our scripture reading this morning, turn with me if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to thank Brother Darren for a very well reading and you as well. But we're going to read verse 12 together. We're going to begin at verse 12 and get an understanding about this membership of the body. Once you have it, say amen. amen. If you don't have it, say hold on a minute. All right, a couple of hold on a minutes. All right, let us begin at verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many what? And all the members of, are of that body... Being many are one body, so also is Christ. Drop down to verse 14. For the body is not one member, but how many? Many. many. If the foot say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, 
Is it therefore not of the body? No. And if the ear say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? No. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? And verse 18, but now hath God set members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased who? As it hath pleased him. Brothers and sisters, we are all members of the body. And members of the body help the body to operate. If I didn't have my hands, it would be very hard to turn the pages of my Bible. No one is better than the other in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Everyone has the same concern and should be given the same concern, as it says in verse 25. There should be no schism or no division in the church. Now, I'm going to give you a little example. Dominic, if you will stand, please. Thank you very much. Brother Alpha, will you stand for me? Alpha Dabney. No matter how short or how tall you are, you're a member of the body of Christ. Thank you, my brothers. We saw Sister Cisco stand earlier, 99 years old. No matter how old or how young you are, you are a part of the body of Christ. And no one else can tell you different. For God has placed you here. God has made you a member of his body through his son, Jesus Christ. Now to help us to take care of the body, verse 28 tells us, And God set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps governments, and diversities of tongues. When God says helps, what does an usher do for you? An usher is a helper. So God has placed you all as ushers in your place. This is not something that you have just acquired as being a member of the Abundant Life Church. You have a responsibility to God in doing your service. God has set you there. But, but before I go any, any, any further in my, in my message, I have to point out, don't our ushers look good? I mean, they are on point, they turn, they, they look good. And I, and I have to say, they are the best ushers I've seen in Las Vegas. Now, true enough, I've only been here at the Abundant Life Church, but they have always, they have always been sharp and on point. God set these ushers in their place. Yes, of course, we had the committees to meet and we voted and so forth and so on. But God has placed them where they are. And they have agreed by accepting their position to serve not only you and I, but to serve our Heavenly Father. They're always sharp, always sharp. God says in Revelation 21, Jesus 21 and verse 6, he is Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end. He is creator of all things. He knew that this day was going to come. He knew that you were going to accept the position as usher. And he knows what you know you have to do as an usher. Now, I know you love everybody here, but not always are our ushers treated like they should be. And not only our ushers, but ushers across the country. Ushers 
always get a little flack from their members. But we'll, we'll, we'll consider now what it takes to be an usher, how they should be treated, and how they should treat others. In the states, it, it's, it states in the Wikipedia, the free uh, encyclopedia, that a church usher is the first official representative of a Christian church that anyone sees when they come. The first person that anybody sees should be and is an usher. And they play an important role in making people feel welcome to the service. Now, because the position of the usher is so demanding, it's been broken up in different little facets. It's been broken up to, to be you have greeters, you have ushers, you have deacons, you have deaconess, you have clerks. These all used to be all the duties of an usher. So y'all shouldn't be complaining when you have to stand at the door and let somebody in. Your job has been brought down a little bit, so you should always serve with a smile. Is that all right? Amen. Did y'all see our, our deacons, and, I, and, and, and let, me, let me say that, our deacons have accepted the positions of ushers today to serve so the ushers can be here. So let's give our deacons an amen. 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 Duties of an usher, and we'll see how these duties have, have kind of floated to, to other areas. An usher greets people when they're entering the service. Usher seats people. Ushers collect the offering. In the case of an emergency, they report and make contacts with the people needed for situation. An usher will direct you to the person who will give you medical assistance. So don't make the usher upset. Because if you can't breathe or, or you something wrong and you've made them upset, they're not going to point you to the right person. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. We must be careful how we love one another. And that goes both ways. Usher's kind to you. You need to be kind to them. The usher keeps order in the sanctuary. Reverence. Reverence is very important for God's house. They clean and prepare the church. Now that's, that's sometimes we, we kind of have a little custodial staff doing that. Ushers do many things, but ultimately the key characteristic for an usher is humility. An usher should be humble in their duties. I know how the, the, the poem said, everybody comes by me. I'm the usher, but you come by the usher who is humble. Amen? With all these responsibilities, some churches have little respect for their ushers. In some churches, and, and, and not here in Abundant Life, right? In, in some churches is what I'm talking about. Let's see what some churches do. In some churches, if you're a young usher, you don't get any respect. You're standing at the door, person comes, I want to come in. Hold on, please. Give me. If you're a young person, they just bow, bow by and come on in. That shouldn't be. That individual is looking at the person and not the position. The position is the important thing. And an usher is a doorkeeper. An usher keeps order in the service. Something may be going on that you're coming through the door would be disruptive. So obey and listen to the words of the ushers. Is that all right? In some churches, people save seats well into service for long periods of time. So we have a big old gap. And people are waiting at the door, trying to get in. It's, oh, my, my sister, she's coming, she's coming. Family, they all coming. 
if you really wanted them to be on time, you should have went and picked them up so they could be on time with you. Amen? There, there are different aspects that the ushers have to contend with. They have to be people standing in the back of the church. Say, okay, would you come in? I'll have a seat. And they just, oh, I'm going to stand in the back. Have a seat. The ushers have a responsibility to seat you. Make a noise in the foyer. Doors open and it sounds like a football game going out in the foyer. That noise should stop when you come through the first set of doors. It shouldn't wait till you get into, into here. This whole building is the sanctuary. And God expects us to be reverent in his sanctuary. Walking without an usher escort. Usher comes through the door, finds you a seat, is sitting there waiting, and you decide to go somewhere else. Is that respectful? No, that's not respectful. And it makes the usher look kind of bad because they're standing there with their hand out and you're walking over there. People say, well, who are they seating? And playing in the hallways. This is for the children, and they're all over in, in, in the children's church, so I won't, I won't belabor that, that note. But brothers and sisters, our ushers are servants not only for you and I, but they're servants for the Lord. They're servants to keep reverence in God's sanctuary. Amen? And like any other department, we're all servants in God's house. And I have, I have looked at this word usher, and I say they are unique servants helping establish reverence. And that's their job. They, if, they, if, if you see a little tissue coming down the aisle, people are passing it, and it stops at you, there's probably something in your mouth that shouldn't be in there. Now, you can swallow it if you want, but by all means, do not put it under the seat. And I, I have to tell you, we, we've run across that. Gum stuck under the seat. And if you go out in the parking lot and you're tired of your gum, don't just throw it out in the parking lot. I've stepped on gum and it just messes up your shoes. Find a trash receptacle. Find somewhere to throw it. Or really, you, you can not chew gum on the Sabbath. Fast from gum on the Sabbath. That'd be a good idea. But I know sometimes individuals chew gum and say, the only way I can stay awake is chew some gum. Go to bed earlier. But anyway, in God's house, where is the reverences? Reverence is, is really lost in God's house. But ushers, when they do their job prayerfully and respectfully, they work as a team. And you see how the teamwork here, you, you saw on the screen that some ushers, husband and wife teams, groups and teams, God works through them to bless us and bless him. It is said that an usher is a part of the body of Christ. And as such, you as ushers have a role to play as ambassadors for Christ. And this role is supposed to continue with you even after you take your, your, your lovely uniforms off. It's supposed to go with you and continue with you in your daily life. The life of an usher should be like an open letter that if anyone reads it, they will truly see a disciple of Jesus. Your daily conduct should be in line with the word of God, his holy word, the Bible. Ushers should always remember that their role as they meet people who have not received Jesus Christ is to share the good news of Jesus Christ in their life. You don't have to give a Bible study. You don't have to preach a sermon, but just share the love of Jesus in your life that others may see that there is hope for them. There are ushers in the Bible. 
but they were called gatekeepers, porters, caretakers, keepers of the entry, doorkeepers. You read that in 1 Chronicles 9, 17 through 27. But in Psalm 84 and 10, it says, I'd rather, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we need not look at our ushers as second-class servants in God's house. From the pulpit to the door, we're all servants. And God expects us to live up and to do the duties that have been laid into our hands. It says, to whom much is given, much is required. More is required for pastors than ushers, but still there is a requirement to do your duties according to God's will and God's way. An usher is equipped with, for his or her ministry by the gift of the Holy Spirit. These spiritual gifts are special abilities to make their ministry effective and to build up the body of Christ. Our ushers are here to help us. To, to, to help edify the body. You and I as servants should do things to help edify the body. Not your personal body, but the body of Christ. We must work together. When people come to church, they are sometimes burdened and sad and discouraged. And the usher being the frontline individual, you can either make or break a discouraged member's disposition and make the, either make them feel at home or not welcome at all. And brothers and sisters, you and I need to help the ushers. When they come and ask you to slide over, slide over so that next person coming in can have a seat. Because you know what happens? If you don't slide over, then they have to go and find some other spot for that person to sit. And that person feels, well, I'm standing here. They don't want to, they don't want to seat me. I'll just go somewhere else. And you have turned someone away by your actions from hearing the word of God. So be mindful of that, brothers and sisters. Ushers aren't trying to just move you out of your favorite seat. Some folk have their pew that they sit on, and if they come and somebody else is sitting in it, they will stand there and look at you. <laughs> and you'll wonder, what's going on? You're in my seat. But then that'll start a little confrontation. Well, I don't see your name here. You know how the kids do. So let's be mindful. When we come together on the Sabbath, let's give, give reverence to the, to the Lord and give more concern to someone else than ourselves. Somebody wants to sit in the seat I'm sitting in, I'm going to move over. If I have to stand up in the back, if I have to go and sit in the choir loft, I'm going to let somebody have my seat. Because it's not about me, it's about the Lord. And if someone is here to hear a word from the Lord, the Lord has them here for a reason and for a purpose. The job of an usher is as such that he or she is to be led by the Spirit of God. A special gift that is unique to the upliftment and insp inspiration of those they come in contact with. We have drifted so far away from reverence in the sanctuary. I remember when I was a little kid, when I came into church, it wasn't because my mom and dad told me. It was just something about coming in the sanctuary. It was just like awe. Even when church wasn't going on, if we were passing through, I wasn't running up and down the aisles. It was as if God was sitting in here looking. And that's what we have missed. We have lost the fact that God's presence is here. 
We think it's just the pastors and the elders and so forth, so it doesn't matter. But God is looking down on us, brothers and sisters. He sees the things that are going on. The servant of the Lord says in Councils to the Church, page 250 to 251, the servant of the Lord says, true reverence in, for God is inspired by a sense of his infinite greatness and a realization of his presence. When you come to church on Sabbath, do you realize, do you even think of the fact that God is here? It's not just a, a, a form or fashion. This is God's house, and he is here. With this sense of the unseen, every heart should be deeply impressed. The hour and place of prayer are sacred because God is there. And as reverence is manifested in attitude and demeanor, attitude and demeanor. When you come to church, if you're sitting up, do you really have an attitude that you're here on a joyous occasion? Come before his presence with thanksgiving, with praise, with joy, worshiping the Lord. When visitors come and they see you unhappy, they say, there's no joy in this church. It's full of people, but there's no joy. We must exhibit joy, and not fake joy. Don't just sit up there <laughs> smiling, and it's not real. Let the Spirit so touch you with what the Lord has done for you this week. And you come thanking the Lord. Say, oh, thank you, Lord. I made it through another week. Holy and reverence is his name, says in Psalm 111, in verse 9. And she says further, the lifeless attitude of worships in the house of, worshipers in the house of God is one of the great reasons why, many, why much of the ministry is not more productive and good. All the services should be, ducted, should be conducted with solemnity and awe and as if we're in the presence of the master. And then for the little people, young people, I know some of them there, some of them are here though. Sometimes little children may so distract the attention of the hearers that the precious seed, the precious seed that God is, is wanting to get into your field, into your garden, is missed because you're distracted. It doesn't fall on good ground and doesn't bring forth fruit. And it says sometimes, and she said this in the children's story, sometimes young people and young, women, young men and young women have a little reverence for the house of God and worship. And they keep up continued communication with each other during service. Now, when I was young, it was passing notes. We'd write a note and pass it down, and they pass, do you love me? <laughs> yes or no, or something like that. Now, with technology the way it is, these young people can text a whole dissertation <laughs> in no time. And just, I tried it. My fingers are just too fat. I can't do it. Texting is out. But young people, listen to what she says. Could these see the angels of God looking upon them and marking their doing they would be filled with shame and with abhorrence of themselves. God wants attentive hearers. And it is while men slept that Satan sowed his tares. Not necessarily going to sleep, but not paying attention. 
The devil sows his tares in God's house. And I say to you young people, we, 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 we've said it over the years, and I've heard it over the years, you are the church of the future. No, you are the church of today. When I'm gone, Pastor Rock's gone, all these old folk up here are gone. Y'all are the one in charge. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. <laughs> I, I included myself in that as well. But it is the duty of an usher to maintain reverence in, God, in God's sanctuary, even dealing with issues. And I have a list here of issues that ushers have to deal with. And some of y'all think y'all have issues on your job. But can you imagine how an usher feels working in the house of God, having these kind of issues? Children playing around in the hallways. Impatient people while the usher's looking for the seat. Usher's trying to find you a seat. You just, I'm going to go on in and sit down anyhow. People are mean to young ushers. People are stubborn. Will you please have a seat over here? No, I'm going to sit over there. But somebody's sitting there. But move them. Tell them to come over. That's not God's way. When you come into God's house, you should be reverent. Running in the sanctuary. Young people, even though after children's story is over, don't just take off running to your seat. Walk with reverence. Lack of res respect when asked to be seated. Cell phones ringing in the church. I wish there was a way you could put your cell phone on. Stun. If, 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 if for some reason, somehow when you came through that door, it, it, it flipped. If it was on ring, it went to stun. And that would, you would only do that one time. You would only mess up one time in church, your phone going off. Can you imagine how distracting that is? Someone preaching all of a sudden, ding, ding, ding. or, or don't, don't have one of those hip-hop, <laughs> one of those hip-hop tunes on your phone. And see, the devil would have you have a hard time getting to your phone when that goes up. Oh, mercy. And it'd be, whatever it does. But you have to understand, prepare yourself before you come into the sanctuary for the presence of the Lord. Just check yourself out. Oh, yep, turn my phone off, to, you know, and be ready. And if somebody wants to chat with you about something that is not Sabbathy, excuse me, it's the Sabbath. Let's, let's hold that till later. Because if you continue to listen, they'll continue to talk. So if you say, you know, let's hold that to the Sabbath, you are witnessing to that brother and that sister. And again, that's edifying the body pointing them to Christ. Then people refuse to slide down. We talked about that. She talked about one that I really want to hit on, eating food in the sanctuary. Now, now we, have, we have gotten a little open. That, that it's all right to drink a little water. But a Gatorade, <laughs> a, a, a monster drink or a Red Bull, and then you, you, you go that far to do that, and then you leave the can here. And I've been in some churches that I've seen Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets left in the church. Brothers and sisters, and, and, and I'm, I'm not saying 
that it was always during 11 o'clock service, during church service. But this is the house of God always. You don't just take this place for granted. Amen? Amen. Then the last few, latecomers want to pick their seats. <laughs> Only seats left when you're late is in the front. Most of the time. And they don't, mm, I don't want to go up front. Well, that's where, if, you, if you want to sit down, there's where the seats are. So let's, if we don't want to sit in the front, which I think are the best seats in the house, then come early enough to take your seat in the, in the back and be all right. Talking in the sanctuary during the sermon. Pay attention, brothers and sisters. The devil is just distracting you. The Lord wants to feed you. The Lord wants to give you messages that will prepare you for his son's soon coming. And if you miss those messages, you can't say, well, I didn't know. You had the opportunity to hear the word, to know the word, and you chose to go the other way. Time is short. Time is short. Ushers are our aides. They're humble in spirit. And even though the position of an usher is a voluntary one, the position deserves respect. Amen? Amen. For they are workers in God's vineyard. Again, we are all members of one body. We are all servants, whether ushers, teachers, preachers, ministers, musicians, and otherwise. To whom much is given, much is required. And God requires of you. And he requires of, requires of me to do the best with what we have. We're all a family. Let's just get along. I would love to see all of us in glory when Jesus comes. No one missed. And I want to do whatever I can to help you continue to mark, to walk down that straight and narrow way to glory. Let us work together for souls for the kingdom and let us look forward to the day when we will be ushered in to God's house. Amen. Now I know it's usher's day, but whenever there's service going on in the Abundant Life Church, we give those individuals an opportunity to come into truly the house and the presence of God by opening the doors of the church. So at this time, if there's anyone here who wants to be a part of God's true family, who wants to be ushered into the kingdom when Jesus comes, you don't want to miss the mark. If there's anyone here today that would love to be embraced by Jesus saying well done thy good and faithful servant welcome in to the kingdom for an eternity if there's someone here today we ask for you to come down at this time so. to Jesus to Jesus let's sing that song come to Jesus right now just now is there anyone
Then is there someone here who would like to rededicate their life? God bless you, sweetheart. Now you can come on up here. I'll give you a hug. Praise the Lord. Why you step right down there with her? <clears throat> is there someone here who wants to rededicate their life? You have been living your life knowing about Christ, knowing about the Sabbath, knowing about his commandments, knowing just what to do, but you haven't quite been doing it. But something you've heard today, the Spirit has moved on you in such a way today that you're, just gonna, you're saying, I want to do better. If there's someone here today, why don't you stand? I want to do better and do more of what the Lord would have me do. Anyone, God bless you. Amen, amen. And then finally, if you know that in your life, if the Lord were to come right now, you're holding on to something that you shouldn't be. But you want him to work with you and in you to take that thing away so you will not miss the kingdom. I want you to stand at this time. Amen. And then all the rest of the perfect people I would like for you to stand at this time. <clears throat> and still some folks sit down. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is coming soon. It's time to stop playing whatever game you think you have to play before Jesus comes. Young people, you don't have to wait till you get my age. Jesus wants you just the way you are, young and looking forward to his coming. And those of us that are, are, are a little older, we're not sealed yet. There's still an enemy out there. So we have to study God's word to make sure we're not distracted or cause to, to fall away.